the Art of Leadership Network. Hey, everyone. I'm your host, Jenny Katrin, and this is the Lead Culture Podcast, where I coach you to lead yourself well so you can lead others better. My team and I at the Foresight Group are committed to building confident leaders, extraordinary teams, and thriving cultures. Each week, we'll take a deep dive into a leadership or culture topic that will give you the tools you need to lead with clarity and confidence and build a thriving team. Now, this week, I wanna share three simple things you can do to shape your culture. See, a lot of times we get overwhelmed of all the things that shape culture and we miss some of the simple things that we can do that can have an extraordinary impact. Now, before I get to those three things, why do leadership and culture go together, right? We call this the Lead Culture Podcast. You hear me talk about leadership and culture all the time, but why do leadership and culture go together? Very simply, leaders shape culture and cultures shape leaders. Now, let me give you a couple of examples to kind of get us started. Anytime I have a good experience at a business, I immediately want to meet the manager. Why? Because leaders set a tone that shapes the culture of a business or an organization. And right now, I feel like we're experiencing some wide extremes in the frontline culture of businesses. Have you seen this, right? Let me give you a couple of examples of recent experiences that my husband and I have had with different businesses and radically different experiences with their employees. In one recent experience, my husband entered the doors of a restaurant. He was going there for lunch. And immediately, the employee kind of yelled from behind the counter that they were only taking online orders. And did he, did he know that? And he was like, no, I, I didn't really know that. And she said, well, there's a sign on the door. And she kind of replied in an impatient and irritated tone. And he kind of went on to discover that there was a sign on the door, but there were multiple signs on the door with multiple different messages. And it was kind of easy to miss. And understanding that they weren't really going to serve him, he left the restaurant and walked across the street to another restaurant that happily served him. Now, in another experience, we both walked into a restaurant. The hostess was so pleasant and quickly seated us. The server was prompt and also very pleasant. He made some jokes, he gave us recommendations, he was fun, he was engaging, and he was great at upselling. So I'm sure his manager was super happy with that. And in that moment, with that latter experience, I immediately wanted to meet the manager. I wanted to know what he or she is doing to create an environment that allows their employees to be kind and helpful rather than irritated and rude, like the previous experience. See, both businesses are struggling to find and keep employees, right? This is a broad issue that most businesses are experiencing. So they arguably have very similar challenges in the current market, and yet the experience to the customer was radically different, and I would say ultimately created a very different, will ultimately will create a very different result in their bottom line. And I think it's a fair bet that within six to 12 months, restaurant number one is no longer in business. Like I would not be surprised if we see that business close pretty soon. While restaurant number two 
is going to be snatching up the best talent available. See, this is the power of culture. And in a season where finding staff is challenging and keeping staff is critical for continuity, creating a culture that enables employees to enjoy their work is a game changer. If you want a great culture, you have to lead that culture. See, there's a leader behind the experience that's happening that's shaping both of those dynamics that I shared. So if you need to change your culture, you need to lead through the change essential to reshaping that culture. How you're leading is shaping your culture. And you're either doing it blindly or you're doing it intentionally. And I want to keep equipping you to intentionally shape your culture in a healthy way. So let's look at these three simple ways that leaders shape culture. And like I've said before, there are a ton of things that shape culture. The culture framework that we consult with here at Foresight gives you a lot of anchors and hooks and practices that shape culture and help you build the infrastructure. But today, I want to give you just three simple things that you can do immediately and that you have control of as a leader. And the first one is this. Be honest about the challenges. Most every organization is facing resistance of some kind in some way right now. There are just so many different things impacting your business or your organization that there's something, some resistance somewhere. So whether it's rising prices, a volatile market that is resulting in decreased charitable contributions for those of you in the nonprofit and church space, maybe it's the inability to find and hire good talent quickly enough, uh, maybe it's disengaged customers or congregants, right? There's some resistance somewhere that you're likely facing and, and be thinking about that, recognizing there's a challenge somewhere and am I being honest about that challenge? So what challenges are you and your employees facing? Specifically, what challenges are your, is your team facing in the day-to-day -day of their work, right? Do you know what your different team members, maybe it's different departments, maybe it's different ministries, do you know the different challenges that those team members are facing in those different environments? Depending on the size of your organization, you might not be as quickly connected to the front lines of challenges that your team members are facing. And so get familiar with the challenges and be honest about them. You've gotta get curious, hear what they're struggling with, and then, and this is the critical part, have good open conversation about these challenges. You're probably not gonna be able to solve them all, but your willingness to engage it communicates to your staff that you're not disconnected or disinterested. Did you hear that? Like your team can perceive that you're disconnected or disinterested if you're not acknowledging to them the challenges that they're facing and that you're facing as an organization as a whole. So take action on ways that you can alleviate the frustrations that you can and stay in constant communication about what you're doing to address the challenges that maybe are bigger or you don't know the solution for yet, right? But the communication and being honest about challenges helps your team know that you're not disinterested or aloof or ignoring the very things that are presenting challenges for them. So be honest about challenges. That's the first one. Number two, celebrate well. Now, sometimes it feels kind of hard to celebrate, especially if you're in a season that's particularly challenging, but your team needs to know when they're winning. 
The winds might not be huge and they may not even be frequent. But where are they winning? One of the most helpful things you can do to positively impact your culture is to be intentional to frequently and consistently celebrate wins. What is positive? What is positive momentum? And and here's the thing to consider. Sometimes the wins now might not have been wins two or three years ago, right? The metrics have changed. The things that we need to measure are different. And so don't compare yourself to your organization or your business three years ago. Compare yourself to yourself last month, yourself last year, but pay attention to where are we seeing positive momentum and movement towards our goals or the things that are critical to us, movement towards our mission, and celebrate even those incremental steps. We've got to acknowledge where are we seeing movement in the right direction and celebrating and calling that out so that it helps our teams know. You've heard that adage, what gets rewarded gets repeated. So you need to identify where are we seeing positive movement or momentum, however small it may be, and acknowledge and celebrate that. And sometimes this can be just a verbal acknowledgement, right? Just, uh, you know, a quick thank you so much, or that was amazing. I loved when you did that and this happened, like whatever it is, just that small acknowledgement. I recommend doing it both one-on-one and in front of the entire team, right? And and sometimes you need to know different team members will receive that differently. So what is their preference? But the the significance of you looking them eyeball to eyeball and saying, thank you for this. This was a win. You helped contribute to our work in this way. Specificity also matters. Just not great job, but like great job. Why? Like what did they do specifically that helped you win or them win uh, in the work that they're doing? And then also acknowledging that in front of the, t- the entire team. When your staff sees you celebrating people, um, it helps them know what to aspire to. So celebrate individual wins and celebrate collective wins, right? Again, what are the things that you're seeing individuals succeed at? And then what are you seeing your whole team succeeding at? Help every team member understand even the little wins that are helping you achieve the mission. And as a leader, you're tempted to troubleshoot more than you celebrate. Like this is just what we do. We troubleshoot and we're always trying to make things better. And sometimes we don't slow down enough to celebrate. So you've got to fight this tendency. Gratitude is contagious, right? If you're thinking people, if you're celebrating people, they in turn are going to do that well. If you're celebrating and thanking your team, they in turn will celebrate and thank one another and customers or congregants of whomever they're serving. So uh, be honest about the challenges, number one. Celebrate well is number two. And number three, is stay optimistic. Now, this might be the hardest one, in my opinion, of these three. It's probably gonna vary for you depending on your personality and style, but stay optimistic. You have a ton on your plate, right? No one on your team fully understands the challenges you're facing as the leader. There are things that you're you're trying to navigate and, and uh, make sure are settled even way into the future, and your team doesn't have a clue yet. Um, And I'll try to say this as kindly as I can, but quit whining about the things that you have to navigate as a leader. This is why you're the leader, right? And it's not theirs to carry. Some of the things that you're responsible for and you're supposed to help lead through the bigger challenges that you're shouldering, those are not your teams to carry. 
And so you've got to make sure that the stress or the frustration, the things that you're wrestling with, don't show up to your team uh, in an unhealthy way, right? We've got to be honest about the challenges. So there's that. But don't let the weight of what you're navigating keep you from being optimistic with the team. So you need to find outside sources of support to help you work through your fears and frustrations. So I'm not saying bury them or not pay attention to them. You just have to have the right outlets. So get support where you need it to help you navigate the fears, frustrations, decisions that you need to make. Get good counseling, hire a good coach, whatever you need to do to help you navigate your challenges. But whatever you do, stay optimistic with your team. Like they need to know that you still have hope and you see the possibility in the work that you're doing. And I'm not talking Pollyanna fake optimism, right? Like that's not what this is about. Because we remember, number one, we're being honest about the challenges. So we're not ignoring the challenges, but we're still staying optimistic. If you're being fake optimistic, your team's going to see through that in a heartbeat. And it's actually going to erode trust. But you have to find the things to be hopeful about and project optimism in your interactions with your team. You have to find the things to be hopeful about and project optimism in your interactions with your team. No one wants to be on a sinking ship, right? Everybody wants to know that what they're a part of matters and is making a difference. So they don't want to be on a sinking ship. And if you're constantly talking about what's bad, they're going to jump. So you've got to stay positive. If, if they don't see your commitment and belief in the work you're doing, it's hard for them to stay engaged as well. Now, here's what I want you to hear today. You have so much influence over how your team feels about their work, right? They're looking to you for their clues. How they feel about their work directly shows up in how they engage with your congregants or your customers. And these three things are things that regardless of the circumstances that are in front of you, you can do to positively influence the culture of your organization, right? They're simple, but simple doesn't necessarily mean easy. It requires a great deal of self-leadership to be honest about the challenges, to celebrate even when you don't really feel like it, and to stay optimistic. But leading yourself well is critical to leading others and to leading a culture that reflects the best of who you are. Like if I think about those two experiences at those two restaurants that I talked about at the beginning, I wonder if in one case we have a leader who is doing all three of these and in another they're not, right? In the first case where um, that irritated and impatient employee who turned um, my husband away I wonder if that leader's being honest about challenges, if they're celebrating wins or they're staying optimistic, right? I wonder what the cascading effect is um, from their leadership. And then that second example where we had just an engaged staff that were incredibly pleasant, were doing a great job. I bet you they have a leader that's demonstrating these three simple things. So friends, you're doing really good work. It takes energy, it takes commitment, it takes extraordinary self-leadership but it absolutely matters. So keep leading well, and uh, we'll see you on next week's episode. Before then, I would love to hear if this week's episode was helpful. Um, what do you think about these three simple things? Where have you seen them impact you? Maybe from a leader that you serve with and you've experienced it, or in a way that you have demonstrated these three simple things and seen it show up positively for your team. 
um, give us some stories and share some examples. We would love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook. You can find us at Get Foresight. Um, that's G-E-T, the number four, S-I-G-H-T, or at LinkedIn on the Foresight Group. And I am just at Jenny Catron on all of those same social media accounts. And then I would love it if you would share the episode with another leader. If you haven't done it yet, leave a five-star review. Let us know what you thought. Share the episode um, with somebody else. And we so appreciate it because that helps us continue to share this work on all things leadership and culture. And then finally, if you have not signed up for our weekly newsletter, be sure to do that. You can go to getforesight.com. That's G-E-T, the number four, S-I-G-H-T.com. And a little pop-up window will show up there and you can sign up for our weekly newsletter where I share articles, additional insights to just keep equipping you to lead well. So thanks for listening today. Lead well this week and we'll see you soon.